Welcome to Chapel Community Worship. It's a joy to be here with you all today to worship God together. So good. Hey, a couple quick things to, to share. If you are interested in the Summer Fellows Program, the applications are due next Thursday. So uh, get on that. Don't forget about that. Go serve somewhere at churches nearby or far away. Second thing is this uh, Thursday, just two days from now, there's an opportunity here, a great speaker here. Uh, Daniel Hill will be here. And if you're, if you're someone, at Whitworth we talk a lot about diversity. And, and I believe we talk about diversity here at Whitworth. I know we talk about diversity because we believe this is something that God cares about. As God has made us in his image across all kinds of difference and then reconciled us to himself in Christ. And, and, and one day we'll worship God together from every, every tongue and tribe and nation we are a, a, meant to be the people of God who live in unity in Christ. And so we seek to live in diversity and one of the live in the beauty of that unity in our diversity. And one of the things that I think sometimes as, as a white person and as many white people in this room, we sometimes have a hard time understanding racial injustice and our role in that. And how, how does that look like for me and especially for me as a Christian to think about racial injustice and our, our country particularly? So uh, Thursday, there's an author here, Daniel Hill, who will be giving this talk about that, particularly for our, for our, what does it mean to be white and deal with and think about and understand and engage rightly as a Christian with racial injustice in our country and our world. I would encourage you to come. Uh, I'm, excited. I'm excited personally. I've, I've read, I'm almost done with his book, and I've really enjoyed it, um, and I think it's going to be a good, a good evening together. Thanks to the Office of Church Engagement for that evening. And then finally, today, right after chapel, uh, we have an opportunity to pray. It's pretty, it's pretty clear that, that in the Bible that we are called to honor our authorities in our world. We're called to pray for our authorities in our country. And we're called, Jesus invites us to pray for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're going to do that today. Just out to the left there, Lauren Taylor and I will be leading a time of prayer for us, for our country, as we, uh, this election day, want to lift up our country and our leaders so if, you, if you'd like to, it'll be a brief prayer just out in the grass to the left out there. With that in mind, let's pray now. Lord God, thank you so much that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You are our true God, our ruler. And you are the one who one day will bring your kingdom and a new creation and make all things new. This day, as we live in the already and not yet of Jesus' redemption, as we live as your people, we pray that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom would come in us, your people, that we could witness to and live into the goodness and the truth that you are king in our words and deeds, in evangelism and in justice, that we would live that out. And we pray for our country to be a place where your kingdom values and where your kingdom light is known and more and more and more. We pray for our leaders in this country, from President Trump all the way down to the, the, the local leaders in our, in our Spokane neighborhoods. We pray you give them wisdom, protect them from evil, lead them in your ways of righteousness and justice and goodness. We pray that we as your people could faithfully and obediently participate in the governance of this country as well as in our roles near and far and how we get to love and live in your light. Lead us this morning. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see as Steffi brings your word to us. Bless her and open us to what you have for us this day. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen.
Well, good morning. Be praying for me. I have a little vertigo this morning. So I think you need to get that chair. <laughs> Izzy is my assistant this morning. You know, sometimes life happens. You do, you're going along, doing just fine. And then all of a sudden, I'm good. All of a sudden, you know, you go home and you're eating a peanut butter and bagel. And, and you hit the floor and you're like, what happened? <laughs> my granddaughter's like, 911, I ain't no joke. I ain't no joke. I'm like, no. Don't have to do nine one one, but uh, sometimes things just happen, and you got to go with the flow. And wasn't gonna call out sick, didn't want to hold my breath. Like I can't come preach. So you could, I remember my father in his last days of cancer uh, when he preached. He was a pastor for twenty plus years, and on the last day that he preached, I, I'm doing what he was doing. He said, "I can sit and preach. Don't worry about that." <laughs> so on last week, Forrest talked about forgiveness. And I, I love the word forgiveness because when you learn to forgive, it's like soul food. It's good to the soul. It's good to the emotions. And really, it's not for the other person. It's really for you to be released and to be free what God has called you to do in the earth. So today, we're going to be talking about redefining singleness. I was like, wow, Forrest. Okay, what are you trying to say? <laughs> so we're going to have a little, little, little pun this morning. Um, you ready? So, in redefining singleness, as a single person, how many single people? Half of y'all in here single. Uh, have you been asked any of the following questions? So, are you dating anyone? Don't worry. You'll find the right person eventually. How is the single life at your age. At your age, maybe you're too picky. Maybe you're too holy. And have you tried any Christian dating sites for your age? These are the questions that have been asked to me. And I reflected over my life, and I laughed at some of those comments and questions, and though, yes, I'm single, but how do I look at being single at this stage of my life, and how can single and being single be considered a gift from God? How does being single have its advantages in kingdom building for the Lord? Now, in the Old Testament, uh, the possibility of remaining single was not a recognized option. Marriage was instituted by God and therefore it was regarded in the Jewish society as a religious duty and part of the normal life. The expanding of the family was another major reason to get married. So marriage was almost universal and celibacy, yes, celibacy was considered abnormal. So we're going to come from the scripture reading this morning from Matthew 19, 10 through 12. And it says, his disciples said to him, they're talking to Jesus. If such is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, not everyone can accept this teaching, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been sold from birth. And there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs 
for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone who accept this who can. Now, Jesus was a master at dealing with apparent dilemmas. And here we get the impression that he had either to agree or disagree with his disciples, but he didn't either. You see, he said, not all men can accept this statement, but only those to who it has been given. Now, looking at, yes, the anatomical part of you, uh, we don't know, and if you don't know what a eunuch is, it is a male who has reproductive organs that don't work, may be defective or absent. That's all I'm going there. Okay. Eunuchs were found in the quarters of royal households. They could be bodyguards, domestics, palace officials, statesmen, or even military generals. Kings liked to use eunuchs because they were not a threat to their wives or their daughters. Mm -hmm. And they could accept single-hearted loyalty from them since there were no family ties to distract them. Now, as you can see, Mama Beans is not a eunuch. Mm -hmm. But I am single. Mm -hmm. And I am 64 years old. And I've been single for 18 years. And I've learned that single people have a different experience. There are different ages. Uh, you, some may be 19, 18, 20. Your experience may be different from those that are 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 64, I'm just saying. Uh, there are circumstantial differences. Some may never marry while others are divorcees, widows or widowers. And then there are experiential differences. Some have chosen to be single and are basically content. So when we look at redefining singleness, this is what I found about being single. Number one, I have found that being single is a gift from God. Can the church say? You see, so much of our society is structured around couples. It's often just assumed that adults and even young adults as yourselves will have a partner and that there's something rather odd about us if we're not married. Someone would say that they belong to a young adult church and he said they called it the Pairs and Spares Club. Single people can be made to feel like spare parts in their families, social groups, and even the church. They said, someone kept asking them the question, are you still single? And they said they came up with a new question. Are you still married? <laughs> we must resist the implication that singleness is second best. Let me encourage you. To be single is not second best. The Bible doesn't say so. Marriage is good, but so is singleness. It has been given to some. Jesus says it is good for those to whom it has been given. Number two, I have found that being single has its advantages. There are benefits to being single. Single people can devote themselves more fully to God's work. An unmarried person is concerned about the Lord's affairs, the family business for the Lord, and how we can please the Lord. We have more time to spend with God in prayer, meditation, studying the scriptures, and as if stated, we can devote ourselves more fully to God's work. I found out that being single gives me the opportunity for me to spend more time in discipling others with no time restraints. 
I love my women's Bible group on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We come together and we can talk and talk and talk and disciple and disciple. And I don't have to look at my watch and say, oh, I got to go home and cook dinner. Oh, I got to go home and see about the kids. Oh, I can stay as long as I want to. I love spending time with my women in Bible study. Whatever your experience of singleness, recognize it as a gift from God and make the most of it for as long as you have it. Number three, I found out that being single even at 64 in this season of my life, that God is using me mightily and that I am a valuable member to the family of God. I don't have to sit in single circles. I don't have to go to single societies. And I found out that I am fearfully and wonderfully made being single. That I do bring value to the family of God because of who I am. Because my identity is not through anyone else but Christ. I have found out that being single this season or even if it's for the rest of my life, I know that I am complete in Christ. You know what my mama used to say? My mother said to my father once, I don't know why in the world people introduce me as your better half. She said, Jesus made me completely whole before I even met you. <laughs> so my motto to all the single people is this. My singleness is not a sickness. It's not a disease. It does not need a cure, and I sure don't need a prescription. I'm already whole in Christ Jesus. Number four, I found that being single provides a special time of opportunity for building up the body of Christ as God leads in my life. I am the adult educator in my church. I am over the women's ministry. I am the assistant pastor for my church. And being single has given me the special capacity to serve God's kingdom with joy and satisfaction in an assortment of different ways. I've ministered in prison for 12 years. I've directed a women's transition home that I founded, Fields of Diamonds, House of Blessings. For over eight years, I have had the awesome privilege of living with and serving and mentoring 28 women and 25 children. I've traveled extensively, conduct women's conferences, workshops, and I can go almost any time, any place, and I could not have done that if I was not single. So, how do you feel about being single? The disciples followed Jesus everywhere. He simply told them to drop your nets and follow me. How do you feel about being single? In closing, I want you to know that you don't need a ring by spring. <laughs> you don't need a woman or a man to stand. Just get Jesus. Know that in all your singleness, you are an asset to the kingdom of God. And when we look at the body of Christ and the things that we can do as single people, we truly make an impact in the earth. You see, in Matthew, Jesus taught that even singleness is acceptable to God. You see, the disciples even expressed it. It is better not to marry. That's not a bad thing for those of us who have chosen the season of singleness. You young people have so much ahead of you in your lives. And if you desire to be married, that's awesome. But don't be in such a big hurry. 
God knows your heart and your desires. But while you are single, choose to focus on serving God as our disciples did, building an authentic, true relationship with him is the first, the utmost thing that should be in your lives. Spending time with him, I have found that the quality of time that I have with him is I truly cherish it. Being alone with God in my quiet time has drawn me closer to him like never before. Don't get me wrong. Human relationships are awesome and they matter. But none is nearly as important as the one that I have found with Jesus. So young people, while you're single... Find out what it is that the Lord is requiring you to do while single. Because in being single, I have found that God's grace is sufficient for me in this season of singleness. May his grace be sufficient for you as well. And remember, your singleness is not a sickness. It's not a disease. It doesn't need a prescription. You're already whole in Christ Jesus. God bless you this morning. And just think, Jesus was single and he told the world upside down. <laughs> Receive the benediction. May you be whole in body, soul, and spirit as a result of being in harmony with God's will and purpose for your life. May his peace be your covering. Your heart know his fullness. And by his mighty power, may you know victory over every enemy. May he bring to pass the deep, deep desires of your heart. And may you know the healing power of his presence and the restoration of every broken relationship. Through his sufficiency, may every need that you face be met in his limitless resources. May his covenant promises be fulfilled in your life and in your family's lives. And may he bring you the greatest measure of contentment even in your singleness and the deepest satisfaction that your heart can possibly know. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go with God.